Hi, my name is Lorley Boone, and I'm a junior at Knox College. Hi, my name is Haley Nguyen, and I'm a senior at Knox College. And welcome back to the You're Hired podcast. Today, we're joined by Dr. Barker. Um, would you mind introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Marquita Barker. I'm the Vice President for Student Development here at Knox College in Illinois. Um, and I've been here for about seven weeks, so brand new to the role and to the Midwest. Um, but in this time, I've been really impressed with the Knox students and um, faculty and staff who are committed to their student success. You know, I always tell people, you know, I didn't know that higher education student affairs was a career option, but once I did realize that it was a career option and I decided to work with students and help them be successful in college, working with students like students at Knox was exactly what I had in mind. Students who are smart and talented and diverse, a lot of international students, a lot of first-gen students like myself. So it's been really exciting to be here and to get to know the community. I'm also a first-gen student, so I just wanted to know how you found out about this opportunity, just because like, I felt when I had come to college, I did not know any of the career opportunities that are out there. And so how did you find out about um, working in higher education? And what led you to want to do that? Well, that's a really good question. It's a, it's a long and complicated answer, but I'll try to be <laughs> as clear as possible, I guess. When I was in college, like I said, first generation, didn't know anything about college, didn't know how to fill out a FAFSA, like didn't know how to do my application or anything. Um, but eventually I figured that, that part out. And when I got to college, I had a great mentor um, in my uh, employer. So I started working in a job in development, so fundraising. The first week uh, being a freshman, I was a student employee, you know, I worked, you know, 10 hours a week. And I had that same job from my first week until I graduated <laughs> because I, I loved the work so much and I had a great supervisor. And she taught me things, you know, that I learned outside of the classroom. I, of course, you know, I enjoyed my inside of the classroom experience, but that outside of the classroom experience and what I now know to be a high impact practice as employment on campus really changed my life as an undergraduate. Um, and so through my mentorship with her, you know, she taught me about college and about all these opportunities. I became an RA, uh, became a peer educator, eventually became um, involved in student activities. So all of these types of leadership roles on campus I held for, you know, the four years I was an undergrad. And that's how I learned about higher education and student affairs as a profession. I had no idea that it even existed. I think a lot of people would tell you that. Um, I thought I would be an attorney. I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer, like a civil rights attorney, but I found my path and my passion working with students. And eventually, you know, that really turned into a passion working with students at small liberal arts colleges. Yeah. So in your opinion, what do you think is better if you have to choose between the skills and work experience? I think you need both. I think for any position, you need skills and you need passion. I mean, how many of you, do you know someone who has the skill set to do something, but maybe it's not the thing that they want to do, right? They're not really passionate about it. They're doing it because their parents maybe push them to do it or peer pressure. And so they're not happy in that role. And on the other side of that, you might have people sometimes who are really passionate about something, but they don't necessarily have the skill set to be able to do it, right? Like they think they do, but they don't. So I think with anything, any career choice, you need to have both skills um, and passion. One thing I wanted to touch on that I think is important for students to hear and help people listening to our podcast is just to talk about how you have overcome adversity in your field. And any tips that you have for students who may be struggling with microaggressions or just racism and sexism in their work environment? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because I don't know that I have overcome it. <laughs> I think it's an ongoing uh, process. I, you know, I think that, you know, if you are a woman of color like me or, you know, any marginalized group, you know that the expectations for you are different. It's not okay, but you, you kind of understand that. You understand that um, there are certain conversations or expectations that people will have for you that they don't have of people from majority groups. And so you figure out ways to deal with it, right? Like I talked about having a mentor, you find a network of people who can help you navigate it. But it's not something that I think you, that I have overcome at this point. You know, I still face microaggressions. I still face uh, outright racism, to be very honest. You know, I, I have a doctorate from one of the best universities in the United States, but I still face racism every day. People who think I need to prove that I'm worthy of being here. So it's one of those things where, like I said, you learn to deal with it. You find your network of people and you do the best you can. And to a certain degree, you prove that you are deserving to be there. But at some point, your work will speak for itself. Thank you for sharing that with us. I kind of have a question about finding a mentor. You know, that can be a little difficult um, in college and like kind of like intimidating to like ask someone. Um, so do you have any like tips for that? I would say don't be afraid to ask for a mentor <laughs> because a lot of people are willing, especially when you see someone, um, you see a, a student struggling or just someone you want to invest in. You know, a lot of people are open to being a mentor. You just have to ask. Right. Um, they might not ask you if they can be your mentor because they not <laughs> they may not uh, know that you want that. But don't be afraid to do that. If there's a faculty member or a staff person or even, you know, another student who you think you can learn from, have that conversation outright with them and say, hey, you know, I see what you're doing. I think you have a skill set that can really help me in the process. Would you be willing to be my mentor? And I bet most of the time you're going to get a yes. So I think the next question that we have for you is, I know that working in the leadership position, sometimes the work cannot be as well as you expect it to be. So we wonder how you stay motivated on the job, especially when times are tough. Yes, that's a really good question because education is hard and especially in student affairs. You know, I, actually a year ago, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues and I said, oh my God, I would never want to be a vice president of student development because there were, you know, so many things happening, you know, after George Floyd and with COVID and just the expectations on leaders at that time was so enormous. I thought, man, I would never want to do that. Right. But here I am, right? <laughs> a year later in the position that I said I, I never wanted. But you remember why you do the work. You remember your why. And that goes back to anything you do in life, whether that's a hobby or a career or a relationship or whatever, you remember why you're there. And as I mentioned earlier, my why is so that I can help students like, like me, students who are smart and talented and who need a mentor. And, and trust me, there are plenty of times when I wanted to give up and, you know, because these jobs don't pay enough and the expectations sometimes can be unreasonable. But, you know, I often think, you know, you need strong leaders in these positions. And so if I'm not here, who's going to be here? Who's going to help students succeed if we don't have people who are dedicated to the work to be able to do it? You know, and so that's the thing that keeps me going. During college, I think the thing that I focus on most is finding something that I can be dedicated to and that I want to be dedicated to. I've gone through like, oh, I want to do this career. Or I want to do this career. So how do you know when you are making the right decision in terms of career or just other things in your life? Yeah, you don't always know, okay? <laughs> and that's okay. Um, there are people who I'm sure, you know, twice your age who don't have their careers figured out yet, and that's okay. I think we put a lot of pressure on people at 18 
or 19 years old to choose a career and to have their whole life figured out, it's okay if you don't. And that's the thing too I like about Knox. Our provost and dean of the college, Mike, talks about how if you come to Knox and you have no idea what you want to major in, that's okay because you have faculty and staff who will help you kind of figure it out in the first two years before you need to declare a major in your third year. I changed my major three times in undergrad. You know, I, I chose the college that I went to because they had a great physical therapy program. I did physical therapy. I did medical technology. And then I realized that I for me, I did not want to be in a lab all day. You know, I wanted to interact with people. I wanted to, you know, be more active and, you know, extroverted in that way. So I changed my, my major three times. I graduated and I turned out fine, <laughs> right? Um, because it's okay to change your mind and it's okay to still be figuring things out. I yeah. think that's important. And I think for students like me and Laura Lee, especially when we are about to graduate and enter a new chapter of life. Sometimes we are terrified that we will have to enter the work environment. So do you have any tips or tricks that you think students should use when entering the workforce? Oh, absolutely. If you can do an internship, I think that's that's great. You know, like I said, I changed my major several times. My mom's a nurse, and so I thought I wanted to be a nurse too, right? So I did a rotation in the hospital and quickly uh, realized that was not for me. <laughs> it was not for me. So if you can do an internship or anything like that, that really helps you get your feet wet in terms of thinking about what you want to do for a career, because it could help solidify that, yes, this is what I want to do, or it could help you realize, no, it's not before you get to your senior year. I came to Knox and I thought that I wanted to be a doctor and then I did shadowing and I was like, I don't like interacting with people all day. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I do want to be in a lab. Yeah, and that's okay. We all have different strengths and, and we need that. That's the thing that I that I really like about the term diversity, right? You know, for me, diversity is important because it's important for us to know that all of us, no matter what our gender or our race or whatever, all of us have strengths and things to add to the conversation and value. We all don't have to talk the same or look the same or dress the same to be valuable in a space. So if you find something that you want to do, that's okay because I'm sure that space needs you and your perspective. This is kind of a more fun question, I would say, but can you talk about some of the things that you enjoy about your job or like maybe some fun stories that you have? Yeah, so I, I like my job in student affairs you know, in general um, because no two days are the same. You know, sometimes I'm doing high level things like developing a policy or a procedure to help students succeed. And then there are days when I'm looking at furniture right? <laughs> because we're trying to pick out new furniture for the residence halls. Sometimes I'm dealing with a student um, in crisis, a student who has some sort of uh, mental health situation, or sometimes I'm helping that student walk across the stage at graduation, right? And so you go through this spectrum of emotions and experiences, and that's what I really like. I like the, the fact that it's not mundane. And we wonder what are some of the skills that you think would be needed to be successful in your field? I think um, leadership, my doctorate is actually in leadership because one of the things that I um, realized is that a lot of people were in leadership roles with no leadership training or capabilities. They just were, you know, kind of thrust into these roles and it's like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> and, and that's not what people need. Being able to lead and manage people will be, you know, one of the most important things for any leadership role. And then there are other things like having empathy, like realizing that people have different stories and different needs. And, you know, we have policies and procedures that we follow at any institution, any college or university. And I think that's important. We should have um, policies and procedures, 
but we also need to realize that students are individuals. And so the thing that works for, for Haley may not work for Laura Lee, right? Um, and that's that difference too between equity and equality. Quality is when we treat everybody the same. And sometimes that's the easy thing to do. We give everybody the same thing and, and we think we're good. But equity is really understanding that people have different needs and um, being sensitive to that. And I think that's that's important for leaders to understand as well. And then there are skills like budgeting and understanding issues that um, college students are dealing with. Those things are important. And most master's programs that you um, go to if you want to work in higher education. Yeah, and I think a lot of those skills too, I know we, we just asked you specifically for your field, but I feel like they're applicable. To- the last question that we have, um, do you have just one overarching lesson that you would want more people to know and to hear? Yeah, you know, I would say sometimes you have to be selfish. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was don't let your job interfere with your career. (laughs) And, you know, what that means is that sometimes you might be in a job so that you can learn a skill set and so that you're prepared for the next thing. And that's okay. That's part of life. Don't feel guilty because you need to move on and do the thing that you need to do for your career. I think that's one good piece of advice. And also, I, I keep coming back to this, but finding a mentor, building relationships and using your network, a lot of people will get a job or an opportunity because they are the best person in terms of skills for a job. I think that's really important. But a lot of times you get a job because of relationships, because you have networks, because you put yourself out there and people understand what your what your skill set is um, that you might not be able to relate on a resume or a cover letter. So I think, you know, building your network is going to be so important in your career development. Thank you so much. Thank you for meeting with us. This was great to, to see your face and I'm excited to see you around campus as well. Well, thank you so much. You all are great and best of luck. We here at Your Hired are on a mission to provide concrete and actionable steps that move you closer to your dream job. Our partner and podcast sponsor, Haven, is built to bring you opportunities to develop skills that light you up, gain experiences that move you forward, and build diverse communities to support you. To learn more about paid micro-internships, group discussions, and one-on-one mentoring, go to www.joinhaven.com. H-A-E-V-N. The link is in the description, and we hope you take the next step in building your dream career. Thanks for listening.